Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hopefully we've got uh, a guest coming on tonight. We've got potentially Jamie Baskow. I hope I'm saying his name right. He's from the Flyers Nitty Gritty podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Flyers hockey. Hey, name. Thanks for joining as usual. Good to see you. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Obviously, today was a heavy day uh, in hockey. Uh, some news uh, coming out, of course, around Chicago. I'm not going to focus too much on that today. Uh, it's obviously a big topic and one that'll sort itself out. So we're not going to talk a lot about that today. Um, just want to, you know, acknowledge that uh, it's there. It's, um, you know, whatever. It's it's awful and, um, and something that kind of hits very, very close to home for me. Uh, so if you, if you got a chance, you can go to my Oilers live Twitter. You can check out the, um, the report, the Jenner report for the Blackhawks and all of that there. Uh, but we're going to talk some hockey tonight. So if, uh, if he joins tonight, we've got, uh, Jamie Baskow joining, uh, and he is, uh, as I said, the, um, the co-host of Flyers Nitty Gritty. And the Flyers, we're going to play them uh, tomorrow night in Edmonton, of course. And uh, it's kind of um, kind of an interesting uh, for them right now. They're sitting at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division. It's not fair because they've played four games. They're 2-1-1, one, and one, 625 uh, win percentage. But they're sitting at the bottom because uh, not a lot of games have been played yet. Just like the Oilers are sitting at the top of the Pacific Division, However, they are 5-0 oh, and 0 oh, with a great start so far. Loving it. So love the start and love uh, love what's going on for the Oilers so far. Uh, lots of good things happening. Obviously, you know, I put out a tweet uh, not that long ago, you know, that said that the, um, the negative hockey fans are going to have uh, a really hard time with, uh, with this season if they... Um, you know, if it keeps going on like it is, some people took offense to that thinking I'm, I'm telling them how to fan. Look, I'm not doing any of that, uh, at all, uh, right now. You know, I mean, if you, um, if you want to be a negative fan, go ahead, be a negative fan. I could, I could give a damn. I just think, you know, if you are one of those folks that loves being, uh, really negative and, and, um, you know, hates this team, I like, I think it's going to be a tough year for you. You're going to have to try to find new things to complain about. You know, Oilers are looking good. There are where areas you can be critical of their play. There is no doubt. In fact, uh, defensively, I would suggest we haven't been great so far. Uh, we definitely need some work defensively. Uh, and then uh, we'll see goaltending. I mean, it hasn't been uh, an issue yet. Uh, nobody should be surprised that um that mike smith is hurt i mean that's uh kind of the way of it he's not a young guy anymore uh, he's going to have some uh challenges in that regard so um you know you shouldn't be surprised by that koskinen has stepped in and uh so far hasn't uh hasn't done anything uh terrible he's um two and oh and the oilers are five and oh Right. And so while you can, you can definitely find areas of improvement um, and try to enjoy it in my mind. Hey, if you don't want to enjoy it, don't enjoy it. Who am I? Right. Who am I to say? So that's kind of where I'm at with the Oilers. I think, you know, there's um, here's the other challenge um, that we're going to have right now is uh, this uh, information that's come out. And I, I said I wouldn't talk about it. But um, I think we'll maybe talk a little bit about this, this information that's come out about the Blackhawks and then, you know, allegation uh, by uh, John Doe that a former Blackhawks player uh, said some demeaning 
uh, stuff and they also uh, acknowledged the fact that they were aware of um, the sexual uh, uh, I don't know if it's proven sexual assault but um, anyway the nature between Aldrich and John Doe and a player was uh, chasing John Doe apparently in uh, in in a practice. So there's some people that are suggesting it is Duncan Keith. Hey, we don't know that yet. Uh, we don't have any idea. Um, I don't know what more to say about that. I mean, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons uh, not to love Duncan Keith. And then, uh, you know, if it's off ice, I mean, you know, we know he didn't believe in the vaccine, but he went and got it. And I can't fault somebody for changing their mind. But this is, uh, this is an area in which we don't really have the answer right now. It could be any number of former players. Um, it's possible he knew. It's possible he didn't. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really know. And I'm not, you know what, I'm not going to say. But, hey, if he did know uh, and, that's the, and it was him, then he's an asshole. You know, plain and simple, he's an asshole. If he knew and didn't do anything uh, with the team, then he's an asshole. But we don't know. So I'm not going to... That's how much it touches the Oilers, as far as that's concerned. So outside of that, we don't know yet, and uh, maybe we'll never know. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Oilers going into this game against Philly off a long break. Anybody out there think uh, it's going to be a problem? I always, I'm always worried about a long break, right? I mean, you you get into a game and and takes you a moment to get back. The benefit of this break, though, versus say another break, is that um, is that Philadelphia has had a very similar break. They played uh, last. They played was on Saturday uh, against Florida, and they lost four to two. But Philadelphia is no, no easy, easy pickings. That's for sure. They've got some good players. Uh, Giroux has always been good. You know, Couturier, Farabee has been, um, you know, point of game player this season. And uh, he was certainly uh, fun to watch before he made it to the pros. Uh, it's still fun to watch. I haven't watched a lot of Flyers games, but certainly they're a good team. Uh, I think, though, they play... You know, I think the benefit from the Oilers' point of view is, uh, you know, they don't play quite the same type of offensive game that could really kill the Oilers this year. So, you know, they're not like a big-time uh, scoring team, right? They, um, you know, total through four games, they've scored 18 goals, right? Uh, so... You know, I mean, I guess, um, I guess they've had uh, a couple of uh, offensive outbursts um, in uh, Seattle, which we won't count. That's a bit of a gimme right now. I, I hate to say that uh, for my Kraken fan friends, but um, that's a bit of a gimme. And then uh, Boston, well, you know, they got um, Swayman and Matt. I assume Swayman played that game, so they scored six against Swayman, and he's still a young goalie. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's uh, they. Um, you know, they if if the Oilers run into a high flying offensive team, then they're in trouble. They got to outscore that. This is, is so reminiscent of the Oilers of old uh, that you know a lot of fans out there that aren't Oilers fans keep uh, suggesting that us Oilers fans hang on to that, um, hang on to the glory days. And yeah, maybe we do. Big deal. At least we've got glory days to hang on to. And this is, um, you know, this is the kind of hockey that we were used to uh, if you grew up during that time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, um, I'd love to hear from you if you're on the chat. Let me know your thoughts uh, going into the Philly game. Do you think that the Oilers have what it takes to beat Philly? What's their schedule coming up this week? Um, you know, they, um, they've got, uh, Philly and then I just want to, let's go through their schedule. They've got uh, Philly tomorrow. Then they got another couple nights off and they play, uh, Vancouver in Vancouver on the 30th. 
Um, so it really sort of a week schedule this week. And then they play uh, Seattle uh, a couple nights later. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think uh, the Oilers uh, could be, you know, seven, eight, no? Is that possible? It is possible, right? I think Philly out of uh, these teams is um, probably the one that we're going to have the most trouble with. Nashville's up on the third. Uh, Nashville hasn't had a strong start. The Rangers uh, haven't had a strong start either. So, of course, it's, um, you know, it's a bit of a road trip uh, to start November. That's good. I think it's all good timing. I mean, the schedule has kind of worked in our favor so far, right? Uh, the Flames, hate to say it, but they're, they're really on fire right now. And we played them early, which is, uh, which is good. We haven't run into a team that's, um, you know, I'd say uh, been anywhere approaching uh, where they should be. And uh, hey, look, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's part of having a win streak, though. I think there's a lot of folks out there, you know, that um, that hate the Oilers that would say, hey, their, their season's been easy uh, so far. They, you know, they say they haven't played anybody difficult. And, you know, I'm always of the opinion that you know, a team, in order to be good, in order to be a playoff team, has to win the games that are must-win games, like the games against those easy play, easy teams, right? So, you know, if you win half of those games, you're a 500 team. And you got to, you know, that's the kind of thing you got to do, right? And, um, and so I think that, you know, the Oilers are doing that. And I think they're going to do that all season long. Like I'm not, there's no concern in me that this is a playoff team uh, or to get into the playoffs. And I'm less concerned now than I ever have been that this team has a playoff capability to go further in the playoffs than they have before. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl will just keep getting better. It's, it's hard to believe, but they do. And McDavid's, you know, five games into the season and has recorded a multi-point night in every game. And that's a big deal. So he's getting better, but then you go into the depth area of this team and they're scoring goals. Cassian. I mean, we've been complaining with about Cassian for the last season and a half. And he's contributing, right? And he's being a bit of a pain in pain in the ass of the other team. You know, that's what you want from him. Maybe it's the fans, right? Everybody said, ah, Cassian needs the fans back. I don't care, right? Reality is, is this is the kind of team we've been hoping for. We've been hoping for the Fogels of this world for three, four years now. Now, we're not saying, and I'm not saying that this team needed a Fogel to be successful, but I am going to say that, um, you know, that uh, we needed, um, we did need, uh, uh, you know, a Fogel to kind of get further down the path. Hey, I've got uh, Jamie Basco is about to join on audio here. I'll get him set up. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Flyers. And for those of you that are like me, that don't get every moment to sit and chat um, or sit and watch Flyers hockey, and we're, let's hope Jamie can fill us in and, and maybe we'll get a few chirps in. Who knows? But uh, uh, we're going to have some fun. Hey, Jamie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you see me? I can't see you yet, but uh, once you do, I'll put you on, on the big screen. There we go. There you are. Awesome. All right. Good. Good to have you, Jamie. Yeah, great to to be on. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on for your dedicated following. You guys do a great job, you know, week in, week out. And uh, thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I um, Look, I, you know what? I know Flyers fans are a passionate bunch. Well, let's just put it out there. Philadelphia is a passionate city, right? Yeah. 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 In fact, I mean, it's it's well known that you don't want to go to Philadelphia sporting another team's uh, jersey or uniform. <laughs> right. I mean, it's uh, yeah, you know. it's not the smartest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> on what team? 
Edmonton would be okay, actually. Oh yeah, Edmonton, yeah. I think I think you'd be all right because <laughs> you know there's a you know hockey hockey fans. Uh, Philadelphia loves hockey fans, and I I think that if you actually went with an Edmonton jersey, you'd be all right. Now, if you went with a Penguins jersey, or <laughs> you know, say you went with uh, a New York Islanders jersey, or you know, the New Jersey Devils, you know, uh, you know, a deep down uh, rival for the Flyers. Maybe not so much, but uh, I think an Oilers jersey would be all right because, um, you know, of course, Carter Hart's from, you know, around that, you know, area, around the Edmonton area and stuff. So uh, I think that uh, they, they would be – Edmonton would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, – as long as it stays all above board and um, – Yeah. And uh, – you know, I mean, it's uh, nothing wrong with being a passionate fan base. Uh, the um, Oilers fans are, you know, an equally passionate fan base. They, oh. um, they, uh, you know, they they come out in droves, and uh, you know, it's, um, uh, I, you know, I've I've been to a lot of cities uh, to watch Oilers hockey, and mm-hmm. uh, there's always quite a few Oilers fans there when they're in town. Uh, and they're always loud and, and, um, for the most part, I mean, everybody stays, um, stays pretty good and they, you know, there's no, no fights. I mean, anytime, of course you get a little bit of beer and alcohol involved. Well, <laughs> you know, shit happens. Oh yeah, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. I, uh, that's, that's what's great about tomorrow. Finally, the flyers and Oilers rekindle their, uh, you know, matchup again. And, uh, it, it's been Carter Hart hasn't played in. Edmonton since October 16th of uh, 2019. And uh, on that particular day, I think it left a sore taste in his mouth. Uh, I believe now I'm going all the way back. I didn't do no research. I, I believe the Flyers got smoked that night, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Carter Hart played very well at all. And um, that was his, you know, coming back, you know, to Edmonton. That was his first game that he came back to play. In uh, you know his hometown, he got the start uh, because of obvious reasons, and uh, it's so. I think that left a bad taste in his mouth. We'll see how the uh, Flyers come out tomorrow, but the Oilers is great to see them rocking and you know rocking. What I mean is, is their offense is always there. Uh, what I I like how I, I'm a big Mike Smith fan, so I'm I'm happy he's you know back in. Koskinen is is that how you Koskinen? Koskinen, yeah, yeah, Koskinen. Uh, he, he, is, he is rocking as well. They're getting some really good goaltending, and I think that uh, that is a big difference of this Oilers team than say last year. I think if if they had the goaltending last year, they could have maybe you know went uh, deep into the playoffs. And I think that's been the Achilles heel for the uh, you know Oilers. It appears that goaltending is always. A going to keep them or B prevent them from going deep, and this year they're getting some really good goaltending in. So I'm not surprised a uh, Flyers fan loves a passionate goaltender in the least. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, you know, you know what, uh, Carter Hart, I love him to death, and yeah. uh, you know I've always been a Carter Hart supporter. But yeah, it's it, it, goaltending has not been very kind for the Flyers by any means, but uh, fortunately. They have a Carter Hart, and he's bouncing back, and he's off to a great start to the season as well. Uh, you know, yes, he's won one and one, you know, in three games played. We can look at that and say, uh, well, he's given up three here. He was phenomenal here. He's only given up a goal or whatnot, but he's made some really – the difference of Carter Hart this year is he's made timely saves when the Flyers need it most, and they wouldn't have – they wouldn't have – won their second game against the Kraken, if that were the case. The Kraken really came out with force, uh, believe it or not, against the Flyers. They, yeah. you know, had they came out and for uh, the first five minutes, Carter Hart was tested right away with some really dandies. And fortunately, he made what I thought was a save of the year candidate possibly early. Uh, made that really good save with his glove. And I was like, oh. Okay, he's dialed in tonight. So, uh, you know, yes, they won six to one. And yes, it didn't seem like, you know, Carter Hart was one of the reasons why they won 
against the Seattle Kraken 6-1, but Carter Hart was the reason they won. Uh, two grade-A chance saves within the first five minutes kept them off the board. And if they if the Kraken score one of those goals, the whole game could have, you know, uh, flipped and, you know, the momentum would have been going to the Kraken as opposed to the Flyers. So, and um, I think what the Flyers have to do tomorrow, their biggest key is stay out of the box. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, Saturday night, the Flyers took seven penalties against Florida, played Florida very well. Yes, they, they, they came and, and they lost ultimately, but um, you take seven penalties against Edmonton Oilers, I could guarantee they're pot and four. And uh, it's just how it's going to be. They, they would be four for seven on the power play. They, I mean, the Edmonton is so powerful. Uh, off the it, it, by the way, I, I'm really happy at Pola Jarvie's success. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really happy. I think he's third on the team in uh, scoring for uh, the Oilers, and uh, I'm really happy by that because uh, when he wasn't excelling, uh, you know, with Edmonton, and there was some, you know, I don't know if it's bad blood or animosity or whatever, you know, what was going on and stuff. Um, I I saw that, um, you know, Paul Jarvie's really having a good year again for. Edmonton, I'm really happy for him. I I, I was a big fan of uh, Jesse, you know, when, when all that when he was originally drafted. So I'm really happy at his success that he's had. But um, they the Flyers just had to stay out of the box, and you know, and it's not about Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. Yes, they help, but the, I mean the team. When you look at it, you got Zach Hyman, and like I mentioned, like I mentioned, you got you know. Jesse Polajarvi, and let's not forget that you know their defense as well with Darnell Nurse. I mean, they got some they got some potent uh, you know offense there, not just from Connor McDavid and uh, Drysdale. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, all good points and and all reasons why Oilers fans are pretty excited about the year. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say almost too excited. I mean, there's uh, we always joke at Leafs fans, you know, planning the parade uh, early. And uh, certainly us Oilers fans are guilty of planning the parade already after five in. But you know what? It's hard not to be excited after, after a five game uh, win streak to open the season. And, you, you know, you got um, some good prospects. I think I think Philly will give them a good test and, and you and yeah. I will disagree on who's going to win the game, probably. But uh, that's fair. And, um, you know, I think the Oilers have a good season or a good good schedule to open up the season. Uh, I think you bring up some good points in terms of, you know, uh, and, and, um, how, how well he's done. I think Oilers fans are just overjoyed with him and he's a character too, right? Like yeah. he, you know, he's always got a smile on his face and, and the fans love him. Uh, Hyman's been uh, just outstanding in terms of, uh, being a player for this team and how he bumps and grinds a lot like the kind of player I think Flyers fans would love. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so that's good. I think though, you know, I'd like to kind of get your feel like when I look up and down the uh, Flyers lineup, I mean, Joel Farabee is, is leading sure. the team. Right. And mm -hmm. he's got, you know, he's got six, but there's nobody that's really running away with, you know, the points per game uh, thing. It, it looks pretty evenly dispersed. I mean, this, this team to me, when I look up and down the lineup, I mean, it is a pretty even, even dispersed uh, team. You got Lindblom and, and Van Riemsdyk on the, you know, third line centered by Lawton. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, right. This is a team that, you know, can do some damage on, on, you know, at least the top three. Yeah. Right. And you got some big yeah. guys, uh, you know, on the, on the bottom line. I think that's pretty good. I mean, are you like, how do you feel about this season? I, it's early on. Right. And so two, one uh, and one. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad start. Right. Most, most fans other than, you know, in the Metro right now, you know, it's like nobody's losing. Uh, nobody's under 500 in the Metro right now. So <laughs> that's just, it yeah. is that the division is so tough. And when you're looking at it, can the Flyers, who would they beat out? And when I, yes, they are all through a great start. You know, to me, they're all through a great start for the season. I, I, if you're a Flyers fan, you have to love the start. And there's a few reasons why special teams is one. Their power play is far better this year than it was in years past. They were four for 11 with their first four games for, uh, you know, a 36.3%. 
uh, their penalty kill has only allowed, uh, was it uh, four goals? So uh, when you're looking at the penalty kill, they are 13 of 17 and for an 81.3%, which when you look at it, it's like, okay, four goal. That is phenomenal for Flyers fans. Like yeah. their penalty kill was the Achilles heel last year, and so was their power play. It's been dreadful. So on those particular two particular areas, I'm like, oh, okay. Then they increased their goal totals from last year. Last year they finished the season with 3.75 goals per game average. This year, I know it's only four games, but they're at a 4.5 goals per game average. So I'm looking at that. Somehow they increased it 0.75 with the new additions. But you mentioned Van Reems, like it's funny. Uh, he's a streaky goal. Uh, he's a streaky goal scorer, and most goal scorers are. Uh, and when, maybe not minus Dreisaitl and McDavid. <laughs> but a goal scorer typically is hot, and and for the first you know ten games, and then they go cold for about ten or to twelve games, and then they get hot again. But once they get hot, it's hard to get them off. And JVR is doing the things right right now. He's getting camping himself in front of the net, which that's his bread and butter. Uh, you're seeing that on the uh, power play. So the goals will come. I'm not concerned at all. My thing is tomorrow in particular, I see the Flyers losing five to two or five three, I should say, five three. And one of the reasons why I think Ryan Ellis is out again. And to, to be honest, mm-hmm. that is a really big loss for the Flyers. And I'm not giving injuries it's no excuse saying. Oh, if the Flyers had Ryan Ellis, they would win. But going in uh, to this particular game, it's not good. Uh, Ryan Ellis has already had four points in three games played. Uh, he's off to a really good start to the season. He's missed Saturday's game against the Florida Panthers. He just seems to settle down Ivan Proveroff. And minus Ellis, they, they've had to intermix using Justin Braun, you know, as the top pairing with Ivan Proveroff. He's played out of position because he's not a top-pairing defenseman. And this yeah. is what happens when your top defenseman goes down. They're trying to keep Sandheim and Rista lining together as much as possible from what I see. And, you know, I think that Justin Braun suits, you know, Keith Yandel well. Uh, but, of course, you know, due to the loss of Ryan Ellis, Nick Sealer will be playing with Keith Yandel. And Yandel's off to a good start. But the problem with Yandel is, is that he'll give you offensively, which he has for the Flyers. He's given them five assists you know, for the year, but his coverage, his, he'll, he'll, his zone coverage is, uh, he'll blow coverages, bad coverages, and leave players wide open, uh, which he's responsible for. And that sort of, you got to take the good with Gander. But off to this season, Keith Yandel, that's been overlooked because of his offensive powerness that he's had to, to start the season with the Flyers, that people seem to forget that he's actually blown some coverages as well. But it is what it is. Uh, they just have to, again, got some players playing out of position right now. So can't really say, hey, hone in on one particular gentleman and say, you know, what's what's going on here. But Ryan Ellis is a big loss tonight. And I think even with Ryan Ellis, I, for some reason, this, this Edmonton team is just a buzzsaw right now. And I don't yeah. think there's many teams in the NHL that could go pound for pound with the Edmonton Oilers. When you're getting the goaltending that they've got coupled with, uh, you know, Connor McDavid, who's just, you know, <laughs> scoring over a game, uh, you know, uh, a goal p- over per game played. Uh, he has six goals in, what, five games played? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard to stop that. And especially when Dreisaitl, what, has four goals as well. So just off those two gentlemen alone, they're averaging two goals per game, you know, off uh, – they're just loaded. And there's very little room for error. And I – I, I think that Carter Hart will do his fair share to try to keep this game close, and I think he's going to do well. And I don't think that it'll be a goaltending problem by any means for the Flyers. I just think that uh, Edmonton right now is a buzzsaw. I just don't – the Flyers can skate. They're not the fastest skating team in the world, and that scares me against a team like the, uh, the Oilers because the, you, you're throwing out line after line. It's like the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, – where you're rolling four lines and four good skating lines. And I think that that's just, just going to overtake the Flyers and take some stupid penalties. Like uh, NAK is one for taking uh, dumb penalties this year again. And I think that maybe, you know, due to them being flat footed, maybe a hold or, 
you know, a tripping call or, you know, or something of that nature, which will be the right call. Trust me, I'm not making it a no excuse. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I think that the Flyers are going to take those ill-advised, you know, uh, penalties because the Oilers are a faster team than the Flyers right now. And getting back to their division, th- th- this is just what they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have to worry about staying out of the box because when you're looking at the Islanders, the Islanders are going to be there. Uh, I don't care who they are. They're going to be there in the end. Barry yeah. Trotz is going to get that team running. They're they're starting to play better hockey, more towards Islanders hockey now uh, in these past few games than they were in the beginning of the year. Then you got, you know, the Washington Capitals that are going to be there. Penguins are always missing half their team, and they're still there. Uh, for some reason, they're somehow they miss Malkin and Crosby and play better. And, uh, you know, so they're going to be there. you got to factor them into the equation as well. And then you got the Carolina Hurricanes. He's getting some really good goaltending from Frederick Anderson. Oh, yeah. No kidding. And yeah. He's standing on its head, yeah. and they're going to be there. They were going to be there anyway. So, like, th- those four teams, who can the Flyers – they have to finish within the top four to give themselves a shot. I just don't uh, – who are they going to, uh, you know, beat out of the four teams I just mentioned? The playoffs aren't guaranteed. That, that, you know, it's just a very, very tough division. I, it's it's so tough. You already know top three make it. So you have to finish, you know, at least, you know, the, the, at least the fourth, you know, in a division. I, yeah. I see maybe five, I guess, maybe five from the Metropolitan Division could possibly, you know, go to the uh, playoffs with how tough their division is. Not sure. But, you know, I don't know. It's a very tough division. I'll tell you this, Jamie, you're uh, you're far too realistic to be a Leafs or an Oilers fan. (laughs) So, so uh, the Leafs Leafs are going through it and I wasn't very high. I very I wasn't very high on them last year. And I sort of think that they overexceeded my expectations, you know, last year because I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I didn't peg them to even make the playoffs last year. Uh, I, I just didn't. I yeah. wasn't very high on the Leafs. The, the, they, for whatever reason, they could. They got goal scorers over there that are very inconsistent, and uh, they just can't put the whole package together. The defense has always held them back. I just wasn't very high on the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Actually, I was much higher on them this going into this year. So I'm sort of surprise on how uh now it's early but um yeah it's still early on you know how rough they've been and i guess maybe frederick anderson was maybe i guess on the surface a little better than what you know anderson and and hyman who you're gonna see uh tomorrow night yeah Uh, but i i think that kyle dubas is on the hot seat i thought he was even last year i was surprised of course yeah i thought that because i you know toronto is one of those cities much like philadelphia they they want it. They want you to succeed, and if you don't, they expect greatness from you. And whether you're a player or whether you're a top brass or what, you lose. Uh, you know, you're going to be ousted. And I thought that that would have been, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas. Even though they made the playoffs, I, I I just don't see the Leaf fans and in the Leafs in general, like year after year, losing first round and out. I I just uh, you know, at some point that with the amount of money that they're paying, you know, some of those uh, gentlemen over there. That uh, you know, some some fans would uh, stand up and say, "Hey, it's time to move on," you know, or you know, move some of the dead weight. Yeah. So, I, uh, uh, Kyle Dubas, if I'm uh, Kyle Dubas, I'm uh, and I like Kyle. He's a nice guy too. Uh, met him, you know, numerous times, and it has nothing to do with that. It's just when you're in a city to where you're expected to uh, perform, and you don't uh, sort of goes with the uh, trade, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk uh, some Flyers hockey, because I think most of the people tuning in, you know, they're probably like me. I mean, we don't get a chance to watch too much Flyers hockey. Right. I mean, I, you know, we, we all try to we all try to keep up as much as we can, but it's impossible <laughs> to watch every team. So you kind of get your get your goods from the people that get a chance. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to know from you before before you leave me tonight. Um, one thing is uh, I'm going to ask you a, a little bit later, We'll, but before I forget, I'm going to ask you what it's like to go watch a game at Wells Fargo because I bet you it's a lot of fun. But right now, kind of what I'm interested in is, you know, if I'm, a, I'm an Oilers fan or rather if I'm a hockey fan and I'm mm-hmm. watching the Flyers tomorrow night outside of Carter Hart because I think a lot of, you know, Edmonton yeah. area folks are going to be watching Carter Hart. 
who is the guy we should be watching and, and what's and why? The captain, yeah. uh, Claude Giroux. I mean, yeah. if he played in any other city, I could tell you right now, he'd have a street named after him. He'd have a building named after him. They would have, uh, uh, I, I tell you, he'd be given the keys to the city. I just can't believe the, uh, and I love Flyers fans a lot and stuff, and it's not just Flyer fans. I think fans through out the NHL seem to forget on how great Claude Giroux actually is. And uh, Claude Giroux is a phenomenal player. Uh, the Flyers would not be where they are without Claude Giroux by any means. So first off, if I'm if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm looking for the captain. He's off to a great start to the season. Uh, he has you know what, three goals or two goals or something to that nature. He's yeah. averaging you know he has four points. Uh, himself so he's off to a great start to the season as well uh, he sits 22 points from uh overtaking bill barber for second place all time at flyers points yeah uh he also is five power play points away from overtaking uh bob clark for the most power play points in flyers history as well so uh he is the arguably Possibly he will be the second best player to ever lace his skates up for this organization. So if I'm looking for, I'm telling you, Claude is is determined this year. When you're looking at him, he's fast. And I tell you, he is pissed off. And when a player took a run at Claude, Nate Thompson came in and beat the living daylights out of him. That's the difference between the Flyers this year and what they were last year. You're going to just take a run at the captain. You're going to take a run at their greatness. That's it. Okay, well, then you're going to have to pay the price, whether it's going to be you know, Nate Thompson, whether it's going to be Nick Sealer, whether it's going to be Rasmus Ristolainen, and even whether it's going to be NAK, you're somewhere down the line, you're going to pay the price for taking a run at, at uh, Claude Giroux. Yeah. And I, I just think that if he was in Edmonton, I could tell you the entire city would be named after him right now. There is no doubt in my mind that Claude Giroux would have uh, uh, this city would not be called the Edmonton. Uh, it, it would be Giroux, Alberta. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, mean, I look. I I am a freaking good player. I'm a big get fan. the credit that he deserves for playing with this organization. So if I'm an Oilers fan, I haven't seen him in two years because of the pandemic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, we can mention Carter Hart. We can mention a shoot first mentality player in Cam Atkinson because he's got wheels too. Well, Claude Giroux is skating. I'm telling you, he is skating like he was like he was in 2011 and uh you know age is not you know done uh, age hasn't been a problem for Paul Jr. uh he yeah. seems to be getting he ages like a fine wine he he's just getting better with age and it's kind of weird saying that but it's true uh last year he had a solid season in uh, 56 games played uh, he put up uh, 45 to 48 points I, offhand i forget yeah. but uh in in on pace this year in just uh, four games, he has four points. So he's averaging a point per game. Uh, you know, uh, he's doing everything in his power to have this team win, and they don't have to rely on Claude Giroux anymore like they did in years past. Yeah, but you know, I think I, I'm glad you brought him up because I look. You know, we you get kind of caught in your in your conferences, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we see the Flyers a couple times a year. You know, when when it's not pandemic. And, uh, and so you might notice one or two players, you know, Claude Giroux is a player, but you don't know much about him, but you look at this guy and he's played, uh, I don't know how many seasons, but I'm looking at his, uh, stats here. It looks like he's played, uh, shit. I don't know. I'm not going to count. He's been seasons. playing since, uh, 2000, yeah, 2007. So that's uh, 14 seasons and he's, he's, he's close to a thousand games. And he's mm-hmm. still almost at a point per game player. And yep. uh, that's phenomenal. I mean, typically some guys regress uh, as yeah. they get through and, um, you know, they'll fall back a little bit. He's, I mean, he's not at a point per game, but yeah. damn, damn close. And, and uh, I remember seeing a stat. Um, it's got, it probably goes back four or five years ago that during, uh, you know, that, that uh, 2007, eight, um, for about the first 10 seasons, he was like third or fourth in, in overall points from all the players yeah. that had played them. And he just kind of silently did that year over year over year. And no offense to, to Philadelphia, but they've not wowed anybody in any, in any of the, you know, last 10, you know, 15 mm-hmm. years, there's not been a, a season. And so for a guy like that, you know, I mean, and 
and not just that, but I love watching a guy do that and do it for the same team year over year. Yep. That's a, like a warrior type of mentality. It is, you know, and he doesn't play like, you know, he plays a strong game, right? Like yeah. he's, he's, he's no pushover. Uh, you know, I love it. He's, um, you know, he's, he's just the kind of player that uh, you're, I think you're hundred percent right. If we saw him yeah. in Western Canada more often, we, we definitely be talking about him more often. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm a big, uh, Claude Giroux fan. I, it's it is too bad. I I probably will now that we've talked about it. Have a little bit more and and spend some time talking about uh, watching him tomorrow night. He's sure. very durable, and uh, yeah. you know that, like you mentioned, uh, durability is a big thing, especially for a captain. You need your captain on the ice, and uh, given his age, he's what uh, thirty three years old now. So I I mean he he doesn't miss many games, and that's the thing. You know as players start to reach, you know, their thirties, whether it be their, you know, early thirties or mid thirties, they tend to miss some games here and there, or, you know, need more maintenance days, but he doesn't even need maintenance days. He, he comes out practices and, you know, he might miss some morning skates and stuff like that because he doesn't necessarily have to take part in the morning skates anymore. Cause he yeah. is one of those athletes that really knows his body knows if he does need a morning skate, takes care of his body, takes care of how he trains and stuff. He trains so heavily in, in the summer and uh, his training regimen is all obviously doing well because of his durability that you can't knock him missing some morning skates and stuff. So, but you know, with, with that, the C comes a heavy uh, um, comes into play. In, in Philadelphia's mind and being that he's the, he's the captain. So if they don't win, all the problems are on, you know, Claude Giroux. And I understand it. You know, the first point, the first player to get, you know, some flack is obviously Claude Giroux because of that C. So his, his niche is, is that he hasn't won a Stanley cup. Well, uh, my defense to that is, well, the Flyers haven't had goaltending since Ron Hextall. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, so now, you know, now they have Carter Hart. So, and Ron Hextall played when what President Reagan was in office. So I, I you know, I keep going back and forth with that. So yeah, you know, I, I mean, really, yeah, you know, I mean, you look you know, at we're this right about want some yeah. great goaltenders like Steve Mason, you know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, we're not talking about Tuka Rask here. We're not talking about. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, and they've been in a division full of great goaltenders, right? Great goaltenders, yeah. but I'm just saying the Flyers haven't had them. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, 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 and that's just been the Achilles heel of Philadelphia has always been the goaltending. And, you know, for some reason, it always circles back, you know, to the goaltender. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Claude Giroux throughout the course of his career really hasn't had that winger, that first shot mentality winger, I guess, with the exception for maybe Yamir Yager. And we could, I guess, pair, you know, Scott Hartnell with that. And, uh, you know, the only reason, you know, you could put Scott Hartnell there is because Claude Giroux sort of made Scott Hartnell. And if it wasn't for Claude Giroux, would Hartnell have the success that he had? And Scott would probably tell you no. And, uh, you know, because he's such, you know, a great player. And, and what I like about Claude is that he's remained best friends with Wayne Simmons. And because those two were very, very close with uh, Voracek as well, you could throw in there. And those three right there were inseparable. And I, and I like that uh, they've remained friends as well. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a durable player. And that's sort of what the Flyers are going to need this year is durability. And and right now he's providing that. And uh, another player, if you want me to, you know, ask, you know, who would it be, would be Sean Couturier. Because yeah. Coots does everything well and sometimes doesn't need the credit to say – Hey, I, hey, I did it, you know, but he sets up Claude Giroux. He sets up, you know, Travis Konechny. And, you know, whoever plays with Sean Couturier, they succeed. And to me, that's underrated. He's very underrated, you know, for the player that he is. Um, maybe not in Canada, but in the United States side of the, uh, of the puck, you won't hear, if you go into another city, say Boston, you won't hear Hey, Sean Couturier, you know, the first yeah. players that pop into mind, you know, would be Claude Giroux or Carter Hart or, 
like you mentioned earlier, even Joel Farabee now is yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. a household name, you know, for the Flyers. But, uh, you know, sometimes Sean Couturier is forgotten. Or, you know, people know Oscar Lindblom because of his situation, you absolutely. know, and stuff like yep. that is an unfortunate situation. And the hockey world came together. What a, what a great – that's the greatness. I know what's going on right now in the hockey world isn't so kind. But what I do, I look – I try to – not forego what's going on because what happened was horrible with the Blackhawks organization. But I, I like to look at how the hockey world treated Oscar Lindblom and the Philadelphia Flyers. Each city gave him standing ovations, yeah. really came out and supported him well. Each city, the Pittsburgh Penguins honored him at the game, you know, before, you know, and that that's a huge rival. That was yeah. in Pittsburgh. The, yeah. the, you know, the city of Pittsburgh honored you know, Oscar Limblom. So the hockey world really comes together in a time of need. Yeah, this it's week, important to celebrate those those good moments. For sure. Even Oscar Limblom is a household name, and people wouldn't forget about, you know, yeah. Sean Couturier. And, again, he is a player that, you know, again, uh, if he was maybe in another city, he would have a street named after <laughs> him because of all he does. And when he – came down with that serious injury last year and he missed 11 to 12 games right off the bat. Uh, I told, you know, Flyers fans on my handle, you know, on my uh, Twitter page, and I did, you know, an article or two about this. I said the Flyers are going to really suffer from the loss of Sean Couturier. And I took flack for that uh, from from some people. And some people were like, well, you got to overcome injuries. And I said, yes, that's true, but some injuries are much easier to overcome. Absolutely. The problem is, is that Sean Couturier plays in every facet of the game. He put, you know, power play, no problem, coach. Put me in. Penalty kill, no problem, coach. Put me in. I'll play. I'll play all two minutes if you want. And he hates coming off the ice. And, you know, five on five, that, that's his niche. Uh, you know, Sean Couturier is going to be there. He protects the puck so well. When he's not the fastest skater by any means, but I'll tell you this, he's one of the toughest players to take that puck off of. Yeah. It's very hard to strip Sean Couturier one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. If you do, keep the puck and take it with you because it doesn't happen very often. So, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's yeah. a hell of a player. I'm happy that he's in orange and black for sure. But um, he would be a player that I would uh, keep my eyes on. And yeah. the reason is it's because of what I just mentioned. I, I don't think, uh, you know, Edmonton fans maybe – may well, well remember Sean Couturier, but hockey fans sometimes forget that Coots, uh, the power that Coots has on this team is very influential. Without Sean Couturier, I, I can't tell you uh, on how difficult of a piece that would be uh, tough for the Flyers. Just look at last season, because uh, last season I think they were four and eight without Sean Couturier last year. And, uh, you know, it, it, like it, it, it went, as I mentioned, uh, Kevin Hayes had to step up and play the 2C role. Uh, you know, at that particular time of Sean Couturier, yeah. you had to move Claude Giroux back to center at times, you know. So, uh, you know, the 2C would would be Kevin Hayes. And I'm sorry, but Kevin Hayes is great. Don't give me your – I like Kevin Hayes and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But he's not he's not a Sean Couturier. There, there aren't many players that could just come in and play, excuse me, and give you what Sean Couturier can. Yeah. So you mentioned a guy earlier that you didn't seem too fond of, and and I'm kind of I'd like to get your take on him. It's um it's Provorov. Obviously, he you know um what is it now? A couple of seasons ago, he signed a pretty big, healthy contract. Uh, you know, a couple seasons into the league, mm. uh, like I, I mean, you 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 sort of suggested that maybe he should be a little bit further down in the defensive uh, depth. Uh, what's your thought on him? I mean, what's, um, you know, is this a guy that's uh, becoming a bit of a boat anchor with that contract or is there still a lot of, you know, good, solid uh, offensive skill in him? I mean, he's had, he's put up pretty decent numbers offensively as a, as a D man. I mean, what should we be looking for? Uh, no, I, I, I'm still high on Provorov. Uh, the, the thing is, is that I would like to see a little more from him. Uh, I mean, I know he's playing, you know, uh, 28 to 30 minutes a night. But, uh, uh, you know, without without Ryan Ellis, I want to see a lot more from Provorov. I want to see him step up and take the reins and be able to play with anybody who he's paired with. And I think that that is what a great, you know, defenseman does. Is he a great defenseman? I'd say no, uh, because I think that, you know, as a great defenseman, you should be able to play with whomever, you know, is is, is your partner. And I know he hasn't been, 
given justice, you know, in terms of partners and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see a little more from Provery in a sense to where, okay, I'm the guy, you know, I don't necessarily need Matt Niskanen. I don't need Ryan Ellis to show you how good I am. And, and sometimes, and I know that there aren't many defensemen that could play the log, the minutes that Provorov has. So maybe, maybe I take that for granted and, yeah. and the amount of minutes that he plays like, uh, for instance, the first game he played close to 31 minutes and Ryan Ellis played 28 minutes, you know, that game. So there aren't many Ryan Ellis's that could, could play, you know, and put up minutes with Provorov. And that goes to show you how good of a player Provorov is. Provorov is a good player. I just want a little more, you know, in terms of, hey, that you, it, it, not saying it's great that Ryan Ellis is gone, but it's okay. Uh, you know, that it's okay. We could make do with, uh, you know, Ryan Ellis being, being out and I'll take up, you know, some, some weight here. Provorov has a very strict training regimen himself and he doesn't ever stop training, but I think his contract is a good one. I I'm, I'm still high on that contract. I, I, I think he's a good player, but I I'd like to see a little more and say, Hey, I want him to take the next step to become a great defenseman. You know, uh, you're looking at, for instance, when you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and you're looking at John Marino and even Matheson playing, uh, you know, really good hockey. uh, I want to see, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you know, Provorov is, can play up to their level. So, but I want to see Provorov become a great defenseman and to become a great defenseman sometimes, you, 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 it's okay to miss Ryan Ellis, and I that I just think it's a loss, a huge loss for Ryan Ellis to to um, you know be out tomorrow. And I don't know yeah. if you know I don't know Justin Braun. I don't know if could put up the minutes that Ryan Ellis can, and that's the problem I think the Flyers are faced with. I don't I don't see another defenseman, maybe with the exception for Travis Sanheim. I, I, I what I would do. If I were AV, I'd possibly skip it, uh, moving Travis Sanheim up and pair him with Ivan Provorov because Sanheim might be able to play, you know, some minutes there that Provy can give. And I think that that's one of the problems when Ryan Ellis goes out, who can take over the minutes. And I only see one defenseman that could possibly do that, and that would be uh, Travis Sanheim. The Flyers think the world of Travis Sanheim to play close to the top pairing minutes uh, yeah. you know, last game and put him on the ice after – you know, Provorov there. So I, I don't know. I, I, but missing Ryan Ellis hurts, but I want to see Provorov take that next step to become a great defenseman. And thus far, I haven't seen it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. now, minutes are there that he has all the tools to be there. And I know it's what in year five or six of his development. So I think, you know, it could happen down the line, maybe with Ryan Ellis, maybe ho- hopefully he gets there, maybe he needs the mentorship. And, you know, to guide him. And, uh, yeah, Provorov is one heck of a defenseman for the Flyers. And uh, But I want to see him become a great defenseman. Yeah, you know, this uh, defensive core for Philly has got a good pedigree, right? Like, I, you know, Ristolainen, I'm actually a pretty big fan of. I watched him when he was in Buffalo yeah. a fair bit. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Sanheim, of course. And then, uh, you know, you've got um, Provorov. And, and I like, I think... You know, if if they can get it together and Carter Hart turns his game around as you as you suggested, it looks like he has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's a that's a team that has uh, the opportunity to put up some points, balanced points, right? Like you, yeah. you know, you guys yeah. have a chance and and really make a dent. Obviously, you know, as you as you mentioned, the um, division's a tough one, so you know, you can't you got to beat the teams that you got to beat. I was talking about yeah. that before you joined. I mean, the Oilers are five and zero. Oh, not because they, you know, they they might might have been an easy schedule, and and people will point to that, but the fact is, is if you don't win those games, right? Yep. If you don't if you don't beat the Kraken of this world or the teams that you're supposed to win against, yeah, then you're in trouble, and that's when you don't make the playoffs, and that that's when you yep. start, you know, lamenting at the end of the season that, you know, if we'd only beat Anaheim right then we you know we'd be in the playoffs today and so you know there's that yeah. so i want just um i've got about five minutes left and we're going to call it a night you still good for five yeah oh yeah, yeah good, good, yeah good yeah so uh a couple things one is um so i'm i'm uh, based in halifax now i've got mm-hmm. uh i've uh, been Moosehead. watching uh dan Warrior. 
is uh, oh, plays here, and uh, he actually. Um, so I've, I'm a, a Moosehead season ticket holder. You got the Mooseheads <laughs> there, and uh, so Dane Wire is um, one of our top players here with the Mooseheads, and he had a good camp uh, for you guys this year. Uh, you know, I if you ever um, you ever want to chat and you and uh, and get get an idea of where he's at and what his game's at, I watch him all the time. And I, you know, as I said, I'm a Mooseheads season ticket holder. I'm starting a, um, a Mooseheads <laughs> podcast uh, right away. And uh, yeah. in fact, the Mooseheads has, have given me some access to interview the players as well. So, oh, great! Yeah, That's so that'll be you. good. Yeah, and, the destroyer. Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, you know, it's oh, gonna be man. fun, and you know, he's uh, one heck of a player. I, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's, uh, you know, what's what's great about him is he's a leader as well, right? Like yeah. he's, um, you know, Super on the ice, reason. and yeah, you watch him, and he's he's a natural leader. He's the yep. captain this year. He got named so, captain, by the way. I, actually, it's funny you say that, and I think that that's one of the reasons why Philly's so high on him. I think they knew what they had in him this year. And there's a reason why he was one of the last cuts that he was given a serious shot at making that team. And uh, I, the only reason I think he went back was because they didn't know if he, I think they knew he was close to a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had, knew. he got an injury, right? He had hip injury and yeah. he had surgery on it. And cause he missed, he did, he took part in developmental camp, but he didn't yeah. take part in it all the way. And then he took part in a rookie camp a bit and even played in, you know, one of the scrimmages, you know, for rookie camp. And then, then it went to main training camp and he missed actually the, 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 uh, he was on the ice for the first day. And then the second day he wasn't. So I didn't know if they were doing treatments uh, and stuff on him and he was able to get into a preseason game. And that showed you just how, <laughs> how close he was to making that team. That was one of the final preseason games for him to even get a look. I think it was in uh, preseason game number five is when yeah. he got, uh, you know, a look, you know, from Elaine Vigneault. That was, you know, that was Elaine Vigneault there. I think if A.V. had it his way, he would have made this team somehow. But I think somehow the cap got into the way and stuff of that nature as well. Yeah. Because I don't think they knew it who, hey, uh, maybe we could waive this player and send them down, it would have just done more cap, you know, stuff uh, than what already would have transpired. And because he had to make the team out right. But I, I, yeah, he, he, he almost made this club for a reason. And then he goes back to Halifax and within a, a matter of days, he, he was named captain. And yeah. the night, I'll never forget it. The night he was named captain, he tallied, he netted one goal and four assists. That was his first five point night. That's right. Yep. That was the that was the night he was. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They yeah. came out earlier that day and capped yeah. him, and he did had one goal and four assists. And then this past weekend had his second point. Second he had a hat trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a hat trick, and and, and he also uh, registered two assists. So I'm like, Elliot, you know, yeah, I'm not surprised by any means. Uh, when, when when I've interviewed this guy, you know, three or four times now. So, and that's, you know, then, then taking part, that's aside from training camp yeah. and then taking part in training camp. And I asked him a question about Elliot, you know, being named the destroyer and he laughed. He's just giddy. Um, he does whatever it takes to win. And he flat out told us all that uh, during one of his interviews following the preseason game. That was his first fight. Uh, that preseason game, uh, apparently that was his first career fight. He, that's what he told us. And he said, I, I just wanted to show that I will do anything in my power to win. I yeah. want to show my teammates I'm here to battle for them. And uh, then he goes back to Halifax. And within that, that, I think it was the five-point night, he registered his second fight. And I'm like, man, is he, you know, is this what the Flyers told him to do? Uh, you know, like to become a tough guy or something, but become like skilled. But the, the difference is with him is skating. And you're seeing a guy that maybe isn't the greatest skater, but he's an effective skater. Yeah. And I asked him also about Zachary El Haru and what it means to play with him. And now he was coming into his sophomore season. You know, for how you know Halifax. You're not. This is what his third third year for Halifax. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, so it'd be his junior season. 
what what does it mean to play with Zachary Elvaru? And he said he's a great player, you know, and, uh, you know, he was looking forward to coming back to Halifax because he wanted to play with Zach again. And yeah, that, well, the two of them are best friends. Oh uh, man, yeah, just, they um, and they're, they're inseparable out there. Yeah. And uh, you know, watching those two and uh, whoever they're paired with, uh, it, they just seem to just yeah. that whole line. You know, Bobby Orr at the. I, I was man, that it is. So there is a uh, there's a Bobby Orr on Halifax. Uh, yeah, right and now there's also a McKinnon, the, the and there's a Crosby. <laughs> So we've got a we've got Orr, McKinnon, and Crosby. But, I, but uh, I'm just I, I to be honest with you, I'm not surprised by the success that yeah. Elliot has done it. And to me, that goes with there goes with a few things. It goes with how much do you want it? He wants it. Uh, you could tell. And to me, skating at this at this point, you know that in junior hockey, you're looking at point totals, and there's a lot of players putting up point totals. How do you separate players? And skating is one of them. Uh, yeah. Like when you, get, when you there, there's ladders for different reasons. You start out at junior, and then you go to the AHL, and then you go to the NHL, and there's different ladders for reasons. And you're looking, okay, can he effectively skate at the right now? Elliot could skate at the AHL level. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind uh, when I watch him play for Halifax. So that separates him from these other prospects alone just off skating there and then his build when you're looking at him he, uh you know putting on is he getting bigger and stronger and he is uh he looks you could just look at him this year he isn't as lanky as he was you know last year you know he's added some muscle yeah. even with you know his hip surgery I, I i'm just very impressed with him and when you're looking at that and to me i see another i'm gonna be honest here i see with the way he's acting, with how much he wants it, this is possibly another Joel Farabee situation to where uh, – and I'm not comparing him to Joel Farabee. I just see similarities with how much these two want it. And you don't yeah. find many people, many players like that right away that has the niche to want it. And uh, you're looking at him. He's chomping at the bit here. He's going to do everything yeah. in power to, to succeed. And I'm not saying that – he could go and make the Flyers next year because he very well may. Uh, he was given that long look for a reason, and he is making good on that long look. And I bet you that Brent Flair and Chuck Fletcher are very happy with uh, yeah. Elliot. That they were. That I I could tell you right now that uh, you know at least one of them was surprised at how well he did given his injury, and uh, Av is head over heels for this guy. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he'll play in every facet of the game, and that's what Av wants. He wants people to think defensive-minded first, and that's sort of what Elliot does. He has the skill offensively, but he's playing an effective two-way game, and he yeah, he's he's a leader out there on on both sides of the ice. It's crazy. No I yeah. I just I mean, he scored that shorty what this past weekend, and it was a beauty. Uh, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm like, you're seeing Cam Atkinson tally the. You know, fastest shorthanded goal for the Flyers. It took fifty some games, fifty two games for them to score a shorthanded goal last year, and it took what four games for the Flyers to score a shorthanded goal. Yeah, and here on the same night, you see Elliot Dinoyer put this nifty move between the wickets, and uh, I was like, wow, okay. So it, it was sort of nice. <laughs> Good night for you. Well, we yeah. uh, we've pretty much run out of time. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Jamie, for joining me tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow yeah, night. Uh, yeah, looking at um, you know the Flyers, uh, of course, um, as some a team we don't uh, get a chance to see. Yeah. I'll be, uh, of course, cheering for my guys, and and uh, I hope you left sad at the end of tomorrow. I, I, I'd say that to most of my guests pregame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just you know what, Flyers fans, I'll tell you, Flyers fans are the best. Uh, Oilers fans, I'm sure. You know, Oilers fans are great. Oilers fans are the best as well. But uh, I just love all the support that Flyer fans have uh, given me in particular. Oh, you guys are great. I, I just yeah. can't believe that, uh, you know, how well uh, Flyers fans have uh, received me over the course of the past, you know, five, six, seven years. So, uh, hey, you, know, you know what? It's been a lot of fun. I'm not I'm not surprised yeah, you're a character. I can tell just talking. Yeah, they are. Uh, good uh, guy. Jamie, uh, I have this thing where I let my... Um, my guests uh, have the last word. 
at the end of every episode. And, and when you, as soon as you say good night, I uh, stop the stream. So I'm going to let you have the last word and then I'll ask you if you don't mind staying on for about two minutes uh, after the, uh, the closing credits. And, and so I can have a chat with you, just be patient. Uh, but the last word is all yours. I'm, uh, I'm not going to say anything. You go ahead. Uh, this Flyers team is fun. They're much different from last year in particular. They stick up for one another. And that's something that Oilers fans are going to watch tomorrow night. Uh, if you take a run at the captain, uh, be, be able to pay the price. And, uh, you know, the Kraken found that out last Monday. This team uh, just is different because of their special teams. You know, this season, there's just a different aura around surrounding the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Are, are they a great team? No. Are they the best team in hockey? More than likely, probably not. But uh, I can tell you that it's going to be a battle tomorrow night against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. And Canadian fans, uh, you guys are great. Uh, you men and women, you stick with your team through thick and thin, much like Flyers fans. And it sort of resonates with us as well because – the Flyers have gone some bad air, uh, you know, hockey here. Uh, but, uh, you know, with Carter Hart, they're going to ride and die. And I just think Carter Hart is a special goaltender and he's going to rebound this year and he's off to a great start. You know, already he's won one and one, you know, on this season. But uh, the numbers don't do him justice. He has a 2.64 GAA with a .914 save percentage. But I, uh, Carter Hart is going to do well tomorrow, and let's hope the Flyers get a W. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>